Welcome along, folks. Next episode of Tune the Code, and uh, today we're going to look back at the uh, derby, probably one of the best derbies in a long time. Well, best competitive derbies in a long time. Uh, we shall look ahead to the Arsenal game on Sunday, and then uh, later on, myself and Michaela will look ahead to the WSL season, which kicks off this weekend. Uh, Collie can't make today, he's off for a couple of weeks, uh, short break, so Chris, Richie and Michaela is actually live with us today. Afternoon, gents and lady. How are we doing, how are things? Hello. Good evening, guys. Oh, good, oh, good. We'll get into this, actually, lots to talk about. Like, the usual is in the derby, and uh, Michaela, start with you. First of all, just, I know we touched on it before we started, um, the atmosphere was just... It usually is for a derby, like great atmosphere, but it just just had a, a, a better edge to it this year. And I'm not quite sure what it was. I know you were there; three views were at the match, but it was just some atmosphere. Yeah, it was great to see. Like I was at two games last year, and that game was by far the best atmosphere that I've had in a while. Especially because it was Merseyside Derby, like it was such a big deal. But the, you could see the fans really got behind the players and we kind of felt like we could have won the game and it was just, they played so well. It was just great to see. It was super. Yeah, I think the fact that Duncan's throwing around the pitch, <laughs> waving to everybody, <laughs> had a little bit to do as well. Yeah, it was it was a great start to the game anyway and him going around and everyone showing the support. Yeah, it was super. Yeah, I think as well, Chris, this, this uh, no, I'm not critical of but I think it's like, it's, it's time to stop the the bus. Meet the bus beforehand. I know, I know you like with the uh, flares and going around like a blue smuff after. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the bus helps as well, Chris. Yeah, like it was part of the reason last season we we managed to get ourselves out of trouble. It was, I suppose, it felt do or die at the end of the season, and the fans had to do whatever we could do. To make sure mm. we played our part to grab things by the scruff of the neck and drag the players over the line, and it's you know there was a lot of emotion around it last year. So I think this season it's they're right to only do it for selected games because the novelty wears off if you do it every week. Mm. But it does sort of set the people getting up around the ground early, going on a beer early, the you know songs, the chants getting going early, it gets everyone up for it, and it seems to carry into the concourses then and into the stadium. Mm. So it's it was fantastic, you know, down Goodison Road from half ten on Saturday there, and we when we done the pre match pod, not one of us actually had a, had a defeat down. So there was just a quiet kind of confidence that something was bubbling with us, you know, and. You know, Liverpool, a couple of players missing, and I think the unity we have this year when you compare it, we played them in December when Benitez was there and there was lads running onto the pitch and it was bleeding protesting. And you know, we hated the players, we hated the manager, and it was mm. toxic. Whereas we're going in now with only nine players, I think, to start uh, that actually have you know, nine players different, so we had only two players playing to start it the derby last December, Pickford. And then uh, Anthony Gordon was on the bench in December. He came on. So it was pretty much a... Damari Gray, yeah. So nine... uh, Two starters. So it was a completely different team going in. And everyone's on the same page this year with Lampard. You know, new signings. I was... It was one of the best nil-nils I think I've ever seen. Mm. You know, going into the game, you know, you're thinking... 
I just want to see us compete, you know. Don't go in mentally beaten before, you know, before we go out because we've gone into derby games just meant the players are too mentally fragile and they're beaten before they've gone out. So I was impressed that we went out fearless. We stood up to them. We created chances. Absolutely. We rode our luck at times, but at the same time, we could have had four ourselves. It kind of reminded me of the Trial derby under Martinez. Mm. I know there was no goals, but it just had that end-to-end feel to it at times. And it was just, it was a brilliant game to watch. Brilliant atmosphere. And uh, overall, yeah, I'm, I was content with the points. Um, it shows massive signs of progress. We're not the we're not the end product, you know. We're not there by any stretch, but there's really encouraging signs and a lot of positives to take going forward from that, you know. Yeah, big time. I think that, like it's like we're delighted with the point, Rich. But what could have sort of would I know we get into the, the gold and stuff later on. But uh, and Mopay starting, I thought he actually put himself about really, really well. And like we spoke a few times about. Uh, not having a focal point, but like he's not the tallest, but he walked their defence from the start. He did. He he worked tirelessly, and just 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 to go back on the first point about getting a point and being happy with it, it it's it's strange, you know. You say right, we got a point, and it's it's a good point because it's the one that you pick up. But yeah, there is that kind of oh, there was three there for the take, and it's probably just given the opposition and given everything, and it's another year that it's that. Tinged with a little bit of disappointment that we didn't catch him, but it is still a good point. Um, on Maupay, I thought he was really good. You know, he worked and worked and worked. I think put up a star, ran over 11k. You know, probably lacking that little bit of sharpness without having played games. You know, could have had two goals, but mm. yeah, just gave us something different. And I think even going forward, he'll continue to give us something different because he's a different type of striker to Dom as well. You know, it's not that you'd be going tall into feet. I thought he held it up, brought players into brought players into the game really, really well, and it's it's just natural for him. You know, it's just not someone playing. Looking, it sounds ridiculous to say, "Oh, it's natural; he's a centre forward." But we haven't had it all, yeah. all, all season, so it was just refreshing to see someone kind of in the position, making the runs, trying to drag defenders out of the way, and then being able to bring in the wider boys in, in, into play as well. And for his first day out in such a High octane game as well. It was a really, really good show and stood up and looked fair play because it's not an easy one to come into, especially kind of being fairly raw without having playing games. It's tough to get up to the pitch of things and he hit the ground running and would have been great to see him get a goal. Should have buried the one in the second half, you know, mm-hmm. that's, but cannot fault the effort that he put in. And look, I know it's back to the basics and saying you put the effort in that we get behind and it, he, he certainly put that in and he got off to a good start, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think this was six iron. It's just to put the effort in, and like I said, we'll we'll, we'll get behind it. Uh, it was a great start the game for us, Michaela. Probably every game this season we started very well. Uh, first probably thirty forty minutes, like we just we were all over them. Yeah, it was just it was a great game to watch. All in all, I think like mm. as the lads were saying, end to end, we could have won, but then again, we could have easily lost. You know. Um, but I think it's great to see the progress that we've made in like such a short period of time. You can see the possession. We had plenty more like than previous games and um, the organisation was great. You know, we looked really confident on the ball um, and just hopefully we can keep going in that direction and keep building as a team, you know. 
Like, we didn't sit back. Like, we, you know, you think when we're playing Liverpool in previous years, we'd kind of let them attack and kind of try and hold on in the game. But we really looked like we wanted, we were up for it. And we gave them what we got, you know, we were a proper threat going forward. And again, as the lads were saying, I think Mope was a great, great focal point, you know. Um, yeah. Something we've we've lacked for weeks. And he was a, it was a great option for Gordon to play into it and then, like, lay the ball back off to him. It was just super. Um, yeah, the first few minutes, I'd say I nearly had a few heart attacks anyway. Um, oh, lived, <laughs> yeah, and then crossbar challenge oh, was tough, but we held on anyway. And Pickford was just unreal, you know. Yeah, just when we get into the player individuals now in a few minutes. Uh, but that when when Davis hit the bar, Chris, oh, I said, "Oh, come on, not again!" It really, just gives a little bit of luck here, lads. We just we we never. But major looking derbies, and I just thought, oh no, here we go again. It took us a couple of minutes to get going. They dominated the ball, as you'd expect. We were always going to try and weather the early storm, hold our shape, and we'd done that relatively well. Um, after about 10 minutes then, I think we, we started to grow into it. We started getting in behind, and we had a couple of chances, and I thought we were, while they're always dangerous, we were relatively comfortable for you know, the opposition we're playing against and the the derby, you know, being what it is. So I thought we were relatively comfortable. And then, you know, you, that chance they had with Nunes was a, it was a great effort, to be fair to me. Call it lovely mm. and great Pickford was on the ball. And uh, what a super save, you know, and that's what he's there for. And look, we got a bit of luck with the rebound with Diaz. I thought Tom Davis just surely get out and close them down, letting them run across the yeah. box. He was just standing there. I'm not having a go at him, but... He should have been closed down a lot quicker, but we got away with that one. And I think that kind of sparked them into life a little bit then. We were kind of hanging on up until half time for the last couple of minutes. And they came out in the first 15 minutes or so of the second half. They were they were all over us. And to be fair, to thank, we were thankful to Pickford. A couple of saves, you may say, looked, looked relatively routine, but they had to be made. And they did really get ahead of steam. I think when they brought Firmino on, he caused us all sorts of trouble. The way he just drops off. He was dropping into the pockets of space and picking up the ball and he was dictating play and we'd now following him and he yeah. took us a while to come to terms with him. And, but, you know, we we rode the storm out. We held on and then we started growing back into it. We counter-attacked well. And the thing I was happy with us was, which made a nice change. And again, as you mentioned, Mope is part of it. We didn't just launch the ball aimlessly. At times, of course, clear your lines, get rid of it. But we took that time on the ball, especially when Ghana came on a bit more. When we did turn the ball over, we showed a bit of composure. And instead of just hoofing it aimlessly, we actually played, played our way out quite well at times and built up yeah. from the back. And when we have the likes of Nana, Ghana, who's comfortable on the ball, we actually played through midfield an awful lot better which was our build-up play I thought was a lot better, you know. So I was I was happy with that. Really good, uh, really good. You can see what we're trying to do. And to be fair to the recruitment, although we were disappointed that we didn't really get another striker in, hopefully January we will. We've done really, really well when you go through the team compared to last year. I mean, what did we lack? We lacked leadership, you know. We lacked a backbone, a spine. Mobility in the midfields, you know, mm. players that can get around, cover the ground, fight the turn. And all these players we brought in, 
Tarkovsky, Cody, Mope, Onana, Gan, they're all work, the work ethic is there, you know. They have quality, yeah. but they have leadership, good experience, and they're not going to go into games playing with fear, you know. They're going to drive the team on, and they're going to stand up. And that's that's the most impressive thing for me. Um, it is disappointing we couldn't couldn't get the job done. That Malpay one was, you know, look, you don't have to dominate a game to win it. You know, how many times mm-hmm. have we seen teams have, you know, all the play, corners, free, and teams have one chance and then they win the game. So there is obviously an element of, thanks to Pickford, you know, we we got out of jail. But, I mean, if you go Davis hitting the post, the Malpay chance, the disallowed goal, the one with McNeil, we could have had four ourselves. So, yeah. At the same time, we really had our chances, and it just takes one of them. And then Gullison lifts off to a different level, and it's very hard for Liverpool to come back from that then. So, with one derby left next year, it's the, it's the final ever derby at Gullison. We've been there since 1892, and we've won more crack at them. So, just hope we can <laughs> we can put it up to them next year, and that'll be that'll be the one. But as I said, overall. When you weigh it all up, you have to be happy with the progress we've made, you know. Yeah, I think so. I think so. We're getting better by the game, actually. Just, I know, it's, it's just groundhog day. Just, we need someone to start putting the ball in the back of the net. Uh, just on the second half, uh, Rich, uh, they changed the system slightly. And, and it just it just threw us kind of a little bit. When we were kind of comfortable with the way they were playing, it was too similar, two four four threes. Or four three threes, but they changed the system slightly. Took Rafa Mino on, and it just opened us up all the time. Yeah, as Chris said there, that they had kind of had the the upper hand for the last couple of minutes from those two shots that hit the hit the bar, the post, or whatever. And I'd say they got a bit of a rocket at half time as well, and they came out with the change. You know, we were chasing a small bit, but you're you're going to expect them to have spells where they're going to dominate and they're going to come at you. And yes, it, it, it's whether it's down to shape or whatever, it just kind of took us a minute to to get up to it. And I thought once Ghana came on, it kind of gave us back that he he was able to drop in and so neat and tidy. You know, it's it's just popping up in the right place and being able to use it as well. You know, not just getting in and hoofing it and giving it back and you're on the back foot again. It, it's getting mm. on the ball and it's it's utilising it so that you're you're giving us a chance to break. But, um, yeah, I mean, there was, there was spells, but it's about being able to adapt and being able to change ourselves. And and we did that. And again, you know, you'd expect that it'll be probably something similar again going into Arsenal because you'll have probably Odegaard or someone that'll be in that same kind of a role that'll be, that'll be dropping in and trying to dictate. So we just need to be flexible and be be able to change so that we're not one-dimensional. I think that's what we spoke about last week was having versatility within players to be able to play different systems coming up against different different oppositions and it's you know mm. it's been able to change and i suppose it's quick to criticize lampard if you say oh bad substitutions but that's kind of acting on the job and being able to nullify that as well so all in all it, it's really hard to to be negative towards anything on on on, on saturday you know so, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, so I think it's 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 look, it's it's a work in progress. I don't and I think the fact that everybody's on the same page and everybody's willing to say, right, it's gonna take time, but once we see progress, once we see attitude, I think people are willing to give it the time and know that the building blocks and, and, and it and that's it and it's the togetherness is there kind of from fans, players, everything, and you can see it and hopefully that it's not just another illusion kinda of in my head and everyone else's head that oh yeah, this is right and it's it's yeah, yeah. it really does but Rather than going out and 
spending 30 million on a handful of players or each at 30 million. We're doing it the right way because you can't just, it has to, you have to build it. You know, if you just put the roof on, the whole thing is going to collapse. And I think that's the way we're doing it. Chris mentioned kind of the leadership. I went in really early and just right kind of as the players came out for the warm up, I kind of watching Cody and just he didn't stop shouting and roaring at him throughout the whole thing. I thought it was just, it's him. You know, we've, we've seen it playing against him before, but from the start, you know, he didn't, he didn't let up and, you know, it's whatever it is, you know, but that's, it's it's a team thing, you know, that people buy into it and it gets everybody going. I thought it was really, really good as well. Yeah, I think that's the key uh, as well. We're called the Antarkovsky, like they're, they're captains without having an armband. They're just, uh, and like we said, just leaders. And we seem to have a few of them now in the team, so it, it, like it can only help us. And we've been to a few uh, individual performances, uh, and uh, Michael, I think. Patterson, or not Pickford, obviously man the match, but Patterson was absolute class, and he's getting better by the game. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Like when he got thrown into the Premier League like that, people were kind of thinking, "Oh, I don't really know." Like even the start, the first few games he was playing with us, it was a bit unsure. But he just really showed against Liverpool that he is well capable for this league. I think he looked um, a bit like a Seamus Coleman two point to be honest, mm. which. It's just, it's great to see, like, we, we want that sort of thing coming up. And he did so well um, defensively and getting up the line. And he just did well all around. Like, definitely for me, Pickford would have been man of the match, just the way he performed. But Patterson, as an outfield player, was probably my man of the match out, yeah. outfield. I should have scored. Yeah, that yeah. was a big chance to miss. But, you know, they'll come. And it's a good job that he had that chance in the first place, you know, that he made an effort that way, but just a shame it didn't go in, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, uh, I think it hit Van Dijk's arse and went slightly wide. I don't know. <laughs> so I think it was, yeah. Uh, just uh, like a few more, uh, Chris Garner, just, I know, I actually thought Tom Davis, I start with Tom Davis, uh, just, he was calm. I know that everything was 100 miles an hour and we were all, but he was probably the calmest person in the stadium. Look, to be fair to him, he's done well this season when he's been called upon. Does he get into the starting midfield? No. Is, mm. is he a decent squad option? Absolutely. He's yeah. still relatively young for his age. He's on low wages. He's a local lad. So I'm sure the club are more than happy to have him around. As you said before, having... Different managers and stuff probably hasn't helped the lads, hopefully, with Lampard. Mm. And he has a really good coaching staff there, Lampard. You know, we've a really good standard of uh, coaching staff. Hopefully, they can bring him on a little bit, like, you know, they've done with Awobi and other players who have shown a notable improvement since Lampard's come in. So, really good squad option. Uh, he, he's, he's done well. And, you know, at certain times, he kind of... He, he's... He's a bit slow, you know, and he, silly, needless yellow yellow cards he picks up and you kind of worry he's a walking red card. But to be fair, he didn't do anything wrong and he should have got himself a goal. And it's good to see him in that area, you know, and same with Onana in the second half. It's good to see us committing players forward in the box as well, which we haven't been doing. But he didn't do a whole lot wrong, to be fair to him. Look, let's hope he will kick on. But I mean, we've we've... You know, we've been watching him for four years and I still don't feel like he has 
any outstanding attributes to make him a you know a, a top level central midfielder but look we're not a top level team at the moment unfortunately but fair play to Tom a bit of luck for him as well he'll he'll, he'll start building up head of steam after being out injured as well that probably knocked him back he had a decent spell under Ancelotti as well for a good few games as well so but uh, as you mentioned Ghana I think Ghana is going to be better than when he left personally Mm. you know he was he was excellent for us, especially in his last season. And the question mark over him has been, are his legs gone? It's, you know, the league has kicked on. It's so fast as he lost the yard of pace. But I think in terms of his, looking at his cameo there, dancers, no. But looking at, like he's after being two years playing with Neymar, Messi, training with them every day, you know, mm. Mbappe. Training with this level of players, playing a big Champions League quarterfinals, semi-finals. So anything he may have lacked, he's after improving in terms of his reading of the game, his experience, all these because as position, all of these kind of things. You know, if he's gonna, he's gonna be in the right place. Whereas maybe he might have been a bit earlier on in his career, might have just thrown himself into things whereas he's going to anticipate things he's just I think he's going to be fantastic for us and he's just going to enable the likes of Onana and Wolby to have a bit more freedom to kick on and get, get get into the box I mean he hadn't trained he hadn't played since July and he'd feck all training before the game to come on and just slot in seamlessly and the difference he made he kind of turned the game in our, our favour again midway through the second half and he wasn't afraid to pass forward as well. So I just feel he's going to be a much better all-round player. And again, another leader, another calm head. Being a Senegalese, like Anana is going to bring him on as well. Communication, yeah. all these things we've lacked for years. Composure in the midfield. Just slowing the game down and just laying it off instead of just launching it into the stand. So oh, just delighted to see him back. It was a super deal, two million. You know, so we have a really good blend there. Between, like we touched on the lads before, the experienced guys, which are Cody's or Tatakovsky's or Ghana's, and a good blend of youths there as well with the two fullbacks, Mikelenko, Patterson, they both done brilliant. So, you know, keeping Diaz and Salah relatively quiet by one or two moments in the game is testament to them. You have your Anthony Gardens, you have Calvert Lewin, still relatively young, uh, young Garner as well, Onan is 21. So, we've a really good balance of, you know, having leaders and having good experience pros for the now, but also players that can develop and are really going to hopefully have their peak years with us. And it's just about kind of recruiting around that, filling in those extra couple of positions and keeping that team together for a couple of years under Lampard and under that coaching team. And there's a lot to be positive about I think if yeah. <laughs> hopefully this time you know because we've said it loads of times and things yeah, till next week <laughs> it's up very quick so but yeah look the signs are there you can see what we're trying to build what we're trying to do and Lampard he's credit to him he understands the basic fundamentals of what a, an Evertonian is what a scouser is what you know the people in that city they're hard working, they're working class, they're passionate, they live for the football, put your body on the line, give everything, be honest, carry yourself with a bit of integrity and we'll get behind you. They're the basic principles and build from that. And we've been competitive in every game so far this season, which is a 
big difference to last season when we concede a goal and we'd concede two or three and the game was over and we got hammered. So, so far, things are moving in the right direction. We do definitely need to start getting wins on the board. But we're really going in the right direction. I just hope it's a click soon and we do go on a good run of games where we, we start getting a bit of momentum. Yeah, I think if we played well and kind of really every even the losses this season, I think we we played well. Well, in patches, obviously not in, as a full ninety minutes. Um, just Chris mentioned there, Richie, and I, I think I know we mentioned Patterson, but both fullbacks had great, great games. I mean, Mikelenko, I think Salah, I think he, when he had that shot, I think it was the last minute, Pickford tipped onto the post. That's all he really did, to be honest. Of note, yeah, that's the only that's the only kind of big moment that he had, um, and it's credit to Mikelenko, like he just went quietly about his business. You know, I think he's probably better in a back four. It just suits him; he's more a defender than he is one to as a as a wing back to get to mm. to push on, and uh, his creativity isn't or the best, would say. Uh, whereas Patterson just seems to grow and grow. You know. No, we mentioned it a minute ago, but, but phenomenal that you, you know, six games into it, it feels it looks like he's been in a position for years, you know. But I think the passion inside him as well. You see when we scored and just looking back at it, you know that he's he's bought in now, you know. Yeah, and yeah. yeah it's easy to celebrate a big goal, but there's something, there's definitely something there. Um, got a big, big future ahead of him, you know. Don't know which game it was, but he was. Oh, I'd say. Wasn't Forrest Dunno, but they were trying to sell him already. Oh, he's had a you know that the, the, they were saying how good a start he had, and you know that big clubs were looking at him and stuff. We're talking he maybe three or four games played for us. You know he's got better and better kind of as it's gone on. You know so mm. um, Leeds last week, Liverpool again. So it's against good opposition or solid opposition. You know it's 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 not kind of a Fleetwood performance or whatever so yeah really good to see and you just I suppose it's it's building having that foundation as well we're defending strong I think we've you know, it's the fourth lowest amount of goals conceded in the league so really strong you know um, which is which is where you want to be starting if we're not conceding we're not you know it gives us a chance to stay in the game and it's just about as you said getting it to click up front I don't think we're a million miles away um, and it's just having those options now whether the Dom will be back on Saturday or on Sunday and maybe even back on the bench. Just to, and it's just to mix it up, give us different options. And as I said, I think we do need to get the win. And if it's just to kind of quieten the quieten the media about oh it's another game without a win, it's it's just to kind of get rid of that. We every, the people that need to know know what's going on and know how things are building, but it's just to kind of silence the bullshit outside more than anything at this stage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean people Point in case, which I'm going to get into now, we're talking to a fella in the pub on Sunday and uh, about Pickford. And like, he's a sports fan and he says, ah, oh, he's been shit. And I said, listen, this chap for the last probably 18 months has been top, top class. Uh, but they don't see it because they're, they're not watching it all the time and they don't see like the difference in the chap since, like, obviously he got slaughtered at a Van Dyke tackle. But since then, he's just come back and he's just... Just a different player altogether, which you get into now, Michaela. Uh, just an unreal display from Pickford. Uh, nothing was getting past him. No matter, we could still be playing to now. Nothing was getting past him. Yeah, like you can just see he is world class. Um, even when I was watching the game, there was moments where I got flashbacks to him in like that 2019 era where 
he wasn't unreliable, but sometimes he made silly mistakes that led to stupid goals going in and mm. that could have easily been avoided. And there were some moments during the game where I was thinking of that when I shouldn't have because he's been playing so well recently. The saves that he pulled out during the Liverpool game kept us in the game and he was just unreal. Even some of his uh, kickouts when he was picking out people were just top class straight to them. He just had an, an amazing game all around, super amount of saves and everything. He did really well. I think it's down to his confidence, to be honest, as well. We spoke about it a few times. It's just, uh, and he has this uh, reset where after different moments, well, when he's not giving out to defenders, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like he, he seems to go back to his water bottle, take a sup, and that's just like his reset button. Yeah. Absolutely. And he did really well um, with Cody and Tarkowski working together with them at the back line. They were always communicating nearly every ball that went out or any moment that they could. They were talking to each other, trying to sort it out. And it was just great to see, like the lads were saying about having leaders in the team. It was something that we've needed for a long time as well. And uh, even James Garner coming in now, he's somewhat of a leader himself. So just mm. picking up a few of them, and it'll, it'll help the team be stronger and just grow into what we want to be, you know? Uh, no, I was saying that uh, I, I think it was Danny Murphy or someone, Chris Mowen, when Pickford makes a save, he like he gets up and breaks defenders. I don't think he's breaking them. Like he has the 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 armband on him, so he's captain. So I think he's justified in in giving out the players. I think it was Sioness, was it? Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same soon as stuck a flag up on the half of the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there you are, yeah. <laughs> No, it's look. He's 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 maturing as well as a person. You know, we know he had a. Don't forget, he got Player of the Year in his fourth season with us. He was absolutely fantastic. He was, and then he had a couple of you know dodgy spells, and he made silly mistakes. Probably doesn't help at times. There was a lot of. It creates a lot of chaos when you have defenders in front of you that you don't trust you know the likes of Keane mm-hmm. and Holgate for a while kept just running into each other and scoring OJs and so there's never probably been that sort of trust there now I think he he, he trusts probably the two lads in front of him there's an open dialogue communicating they're all working as a unit that's going to help as well but you're right from the Van Dyke thing I think he's bounced back really 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 good you know big reason we, we managed to get the points we needed last year to keep our head above water and he's continued on this season um, you know he's, uh, he's seen a sports psychologist and stuff to get his head in the right space things like becoming a father and stuff are going to mature him and put a new perspective on things and what's really important and I probably made him calm down a little bit you know um, but yeah absolutely he was he was brilliant Um in an ideal world, you wouldn't want to be giving up as many chances as we are. Mm. Even going back to the Brentford game, we did concede an awful lot of chances and they hit the post a couple of times as well. And look, that's what he's there for. I mean, would Everton have won as many, <laughs> as much in the 80s if Neville Southall wasn't in goal? I don't think so. How many times yeah, did he yeah. save us? So that's what the goalkeepers are there for, you know. But uh, look, long may continue. He's He's grown into a great leader for us. He's He's going to make some mistakes. Every goalkeeper does. And unfortunately, with being England's number one and the media wanting the fella off Arsenal to, to be number one, who's garbage, they're always going to jump on him any opportunity they can get. And I think the personality is and stuff. And 
look, there's loads of Reds in the media that don't like him for doing Van Dijk in as well. So they're going to have every opportunity to have a pop on him. But, you know, we, we know internally how good he is. And, um, you know, we're, we're lucky to have him, to be honest. It was only two two years ago we probably sat here when we were saying, oh, I, I, someone comes in for him, I, I don't think he's number one anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I take money for him. His head is gone and absolutely fair play to him for turning it around. You know, it's a credit to him and, you know, long may it continue. Yeah, I think he's shot a lot of people, especially in the media. And, and like that, they're just waiting for the next mistake, which, like, they're not giving them credit. You know what I mean? They're, like Chris said, they're, they're talking about, uh, he's number one, but Henderson as well, they, they, they big up, and even Nick Pope. I know he's starting to play well now, but they just don't give Pickford the credit I think he deserves. I know we're a little bit biased, but, like, he, like he's bounced back from being the, the villain of the piece after snapping Van Dyke in half, but, He's just a different player now. I completely. But look, there's no problem. There's no surprise in it, I suppose. As such, for whatever reason, he's just one of those guys in the media that you know, no matter what happens, they were out to get him kind of early doors. Then the Van Dyke thing happened, and I at this stage, I don't think it bothers him. You know, no, it it doesn't seem to. And I suppose the rest of it's just neat. But it is wrong, you know, that he hasn't been credited. That it did even after. Saturday that, you know, they're not coming out and saying, right, we need to put this argument to bed that every joke shop Twitter page puts up and says, oh, debate on England's number one or whatever, because he's streets ahead of the rest of them. You know, it's not Mm. just, he's world-class shot stopping. His distribution is very, very good. It's easy to say his distribution has been patchy this season. You know, there's a few times kicked out of play, but and you could look at it on stats as well. These are ones that he's going long. You know, he's not going into the defence. He's not going to the midfield. He's looking for that pinpoint kind of the same way as when Cody and Tarkovsky looking for that, that diagonal kind of over the top. And he's just trying to do that himself. And it doesn't, it's, it's a tough ball to play, you know, wind gro- blowing across the field. So, you know, if, if it comes off brilliant, if not, you're, you're halfway down the pitch. But, you know, the stats will look better if you're just doing a short kick out to the edge of the box and, and then your centre half is taking it off you. So that's been highly critical to send it that, that his distribution has been poor this season because it's a ball that we're looking to play to get us on the front, fit, front foot because mm-hmm. that's how, how we're looking to break. But top class, and as Chris said, you know, that to turn it around in the space of time that we were. You can nearly remember the conversations that we were saying, give Robin Olsen a run in the goal. <laughs> Christ, <laughs> how far we've come in a short best yeah. time. But yeah, fair play to him. You know, and the same goes for Wobi. And you see these lads who are at a, at a low web and to turn it around because when when you're on on, on the ground, it's really, really hard to get up. And it's it's a credit to, to themselves and, and, and I guess to the guys that are coaching and managing them to, to, to get the best back out of them. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's used this Van Dyke incident as a, as like uh, something to boost himself. He, he, I think he just goes back then and I said, "Listen, I'm going to make myself better." Listen, wasn't it? Well, it was a bad tackle, but you know what I mean. It's just, like it's where he like hung him out or shot him or stabbed him. It was just scandalous. But anyway, I think he's used that and he used that to go to, to make himself a better player and a person as well. Uh, just a few uh, moments. Within the game, we go through now, Michaela. Speaking of Van Dyke, uh, I thought that was an absolute stonewall red card. I'm not quite sure what it looked like in the stadium, but 
uh, when they showed the replays on TV, Jesus Christ, it was a shocking tackle. Yeah, that's still of uh, Van Dyke's foot on Onana's shin. It would oh. really make you think, how hey, was that a yellow card? Honestly, like, um, obviously in the stadium, the atmosphere and everything has you going, oh, it's a red, send him off, send him off. But even looking back at the replay, I still think, I don't know how it was a yellow card. Mm. 100% if it was the other way around and it was Onana that did that tackle, he'd be off the pitch. That's just the way I think it is anyway. Um, it's just a rotten tackle. And the reasons they were given for him getting a yellow card because it, he landed on his ankle. But you could see the intent in him and that's still, again, I'll say, um, of Van Dyke's uh, studs on Onana's shin. It's just it's just disgusting and I cannot believe that it was only a yellow card. Yeah, that's a killer as well, Chris. Like, like he, he caught him on the shin and just dragged his foot down and that's like Kyle said, landed on his foot. But, uh, like, it's red all day long. Yeah, look, it's a bad one. I think it's common knowledge that if you go in high, just below the knee, with the foot planted, it could be a chance of an ankle or leg break. It was a really bad mm. one. Whether he meant it or not, it's, it shouldn't really be relevant, you know. Um, it was it was bad. I mean, the issue I really have is you're going to see that tackle next week and it'll be a straight red, nothing to be said. Yeah. And you have people on... You know, Dermot Gallagher, extra for hours. It would have been more of an amber. Oh, is it, if it's not yellow, it's a red. There's no fucking amber no. heart, Dermot. You know what I mean? It's the inconsistency. Why not? All right, hold on. Let's go and look at this. Go to VAR, have a look at it, and then make a decision. Mm. And if he thinks himself it's not right, fine. At least he had a look at it. But it's the it's the inconsistencies with these decisions that is what annoys you the most, to be honest with you. You know, as you said, you're going to see that tackle next week and it'll be a red. You know, Alan gets a yellow card against Newcastle. They go, look Correct. at it, send them off. Wasn't never a red card. A Newcastle player does it the week later. It's turned around and given as a yeah, like it's just yeah. does your head in, you know. Yeah, that was the, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the yeah. problem I have with it, and you know they're gonna have to get a grip on this VAR thing because it's it's it is ruining. I was a fan. I was for it to be honest with you initially, but it's just when you have the donkeys that are applying the rules it's all going to be down to uh, you know people's judgments and people are always going to have different opinions and look let's be honest there's going to be the, the teams in question are going to they're going to dictate which way the decision goes a Correct. lot of the time and that's not being bitter it just it's the way it is you know depending on what stadium it is who the opposition is who the player is what nationality all these things are Clubs, are, some teams are going to get the benefit more than others, and that's not, you know, just have it's not having a pop at them. That goes across the board, but it was, it was piss poor. And I mean, if he gets sent off last 20 minutes, you know, that lifts us up again, and we can get on. And we, we arguably, no guarantees, but our chances of winning the game massively increase. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, just touch on it with you. It, it was, I, I, I wasn't even close to yellow. As soon as I seen it, I said, that's, that's a straight red. Yeah. And I don't I, know what they're... And the ref gave, like, gave a red on him, like, literally, like he was he was waiting to... It was just a stonewall red card. Yeah, it wasn't until I got home that I realised how bad it was. You know, I didn't... You, you don't see it kind of in... Or I didn't see it kind of at, at, at actual actual speed or actual time. And you're just saying, hmm. how in the hell? And then, as Chris said, it's consistency. You, Dermot Gallagher was on Sky and he's saying, oh, it's where, where the foot ends up. And then he's, you, you rewind back to that Allen one and he's saying it's the point of impact and it's above the ankle. It's a red card. 
you know, that that's what they're looking at. And it's saying, you know, how, how are you, how, how do you win this? How do you, you know, and it's just, they're making it up as they go along. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just so frustrating because I suppose where we are, we know we're not going to get the break. And that's, it's not the killing part about it. It's just the, the good has gone out of it, if, if, if that's the case. If it's just going to be the case, if something is borderline on one of those team sides, that, that, that they'll probably get the rub of the green on it. And it's, but it's, it could be a leg breaker. It could be, see, you know, he's 21 years old, could put him out for, for, for a long time. Which mm. is kind of more important. If he's if his leg was sideways, you know, he said, "Oh, he he landed on the foot." If his foot hadn't been forward, if he'd have been sideways, it probably is a leg breaker, and he's not landed yeah. on his foot. You know, so it's I, I just don't understand how they they don't use the technology. You know, as you said, right? Take it, yeah. go and ha- go and have a look, and you can see. You know, and I I, I suppose that's the frustrating part is it that it's. We can't understand what what the what they're thinking, what's going through, where are these decisions coming from, and yeah. it's it's getting worse. Is the is the thing like it it, it really is, and I think last weekend was a. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to believe that it was, it was a bad weekend, yeah, because it seems to be getting worse and worse every weekend. But you just hope that it get that it's it's hit rock bottom, and they have to do something about it. Yeah, I think something has been again. I I'm similar to Chris. I was far far, and I still am far far, but. It's the absolute clowns that are uh, like making these decisions, and the referees are kind of bottling it because they're not making decisions that should be made because they know that there's a couple of lads watching it on TV somewhere that can help them out or uh, make the decision for them. So, yeah. uh, and this can come back to Anthony Taylor, absolutely shocking. It was just a shocking display from all all day. I know initially he kind of let a few tackles go, and. Uh, I was kind of saying, oh, yeah, this is good. But some of the decisions he was making, I was just, just, I don't know. For supposedly one of the best referees in the league, he was, he was disgraceful. He was <laughs> disgraceful. Uh, just obviously the, the main point, uh, Michaela, the goal. Um, I, I, I'm sitting here in the south watching and I just stood up because he looked, he looked offside and, and then obviously replay yeah. and <laughs> we had a few. Photo shoppers online putting up uh, like different lines, and he was definitely offside, definitely. Yeah, like even watching in the stadium, I knew obviously when the goal went in, I celebrated, but I mm. knew if it went to VAR, it was going to be offside. Just the position he was in, you could see. But even um, when I got home and I saw the the lines, they looked so crooked. Like I know yeah. there was like people making <laughs> other ones and stuff. It was just it was such a weird yeah, like squiggly ones, not straight. Yeah, ones. <laughs> yeah, they looked like they were skewing off to the right. So I thought that was kind of weird. But I mean, to be fair, it was an offside goal, and I kind of prefer that he was offside by a good bit rather than VAR robbing us and it just being like a toe or something, you know, the mm-hmm. way it happens sometimes. But um, great running from Cody to be in that position anyway. Unlucky Mope, I think it was going wide. So Yeah, it was definitely going know, wide, yeah, yeah. Yeah, rather than him leaving it, it was good to have tapped it in. And I love to see his passion when the goal went in. He was so excited mm. and all up for it. And the stadium just went mental. It was such a great team to be part of. And it was just upsetting that it got taken away from us and that when we could have easily won the game, you know, we had great chances, especially the Tom Davies one and everything. It was just, oh. it was tough. But um, yeah, it was it was good to, that Connor tapped it in anyway. Yeah, I was actually more impressed with his celebration, Chris. <laughs> you know, was, <laughs> ah, he's a red, you know, blah, blah, blah. Listen, that chap celebrated like any Evertonian. Probably more. 
<laughs> Lad's a winner, isn't he? He wants to play every mm. week. He wants to win every week. And he's driven. You can see it in him. So exactly the kind of player we need. He's vocal. He's 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 not gonna. He's just gonna push everyone on, bring everyone on around him. But I kind of half celebrated. I had a feeling. I mean, the lad yeah. is like you lads, and I just felt he was too close to the goal to knock yeah. you off. So it was kind of half, but the issue I have, you look at the lines when the flag stays down. If the flag had went up, right, fair enough. It's you know it is what it is. Like what's the lines went for? Yeah, you, can't, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. No, absolute no, no use whatsoever. And then it takes three minutes or so. Like the purpose of VAR is clear and obvious error. So if it took three minutes. How clear was it? Yeah, exactly. You know, so, look, he was. It was slightly off, fair enough, but it's, as I said, you're probably going to see one that's like that in the next couple of weeks. Harry Kane will get one where he's half a yard off and he, you know, he'll get, he'll get given. It's the inconsistencies of it. It just does your head in. And I think the fact we had one at Leeds, which was even more onside, that should have been given and we had that taken away from us. It's two in a week. It just feels a bit, they knocks of stuff in area, but. It is a it is a shame because the noise in the place and it it, it would have went off big style. It was you know, but it is what yeah. it is. It's a shame, but yeah. I mean, it could have been easy for for us to drop the heads then, and you know what I mean. I thought we kept we reacted very well from it, and we we continued trying to do the right things, and we we still continued to go at them when we could, and we we still showed spirit, and you know we kicked on so. That was that was a good thing to take over as well. We didn't let it set us back too much and drop the heads and let them end up getting a couple of goals. And but well, it was it was disappointing. But we're now we're creating chances, which is which is a great thing. To, the, the most important thing about it, especially against that kind of opposition, yeah. um, you know, it, you have to hope the goals will come if we just keep on getting bodies in the box and creating those chances. Yeah, I think that that's the key is creating a chance. Like we are creating a lot of chances, Rich. We just need uh, need to find the strikers, not like defenders like Patterson and Cody. We need like a, a striker, striker. Yeah, and look, it'll come. I don't think we're a million miles away once you keep creating the chances, and then it's probably a bit of confidence as well. You know, it's a case. Oh, the longer it goes on again, that kind of anxiety about it builds up that oh, we're not getting goals and, and things like that. But we're not losing games. We're staying in games. We're giving ourselves a chance and they will fall. You know, it's just about kind of hanging in there. Um, you know, and again, now that we have more balance kind of in midfield, we'll create more of these as well. And I think that's what it's about. It's creating opportunities and then, you know, getting one or two good ones and, and making sure we stick them away. And I have every confidence it'll turn. But just to go back on the goal, I... I suppose we could argue it all day. Does that touch from Milner not make him onside? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Far has just fleeced us ever since the the city uh, game last year, the handball, and then uh, like the consequence uh, that where we got an apology from Var, and ever since then they've given us absolutely nothing. So it's again, I don't have a problem with Far itself. I just have a problem with the absolute monkeys who are. <laughs> Who are running it? It's just, it's just it's, I don't know. I just don't get it. If they're a shit referee on the pitch, they're going to be a shit referee watching it. So, yeah. It's, it's anyway. their well, you know, they're not going to throw their mate under this, the bus. This, yeah, that's the killer. As someone said a couple of weeks ago, they're not going to uh, give out to them, mate. 
Yeah, and I think they're uh, judged which, on it, they're rated on it. So if you have a VAR decision that's overturned or something, it knocks down your ratings and stuff. So I'd be knocking you down for saying, blah, blah, for you didn't get a call right. So if something is overturned, so they're not going to yeah, show each other. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, like so correcting your own homework, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, your brother correcting your homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's it's not supposed uh, it, you, you, like You'd like to think that these things will... Um, we're going to win our last 10 games. But they don't have this issue with other countries. You know, you watch yeah. the World Cup, it runs smoothly in the World Cup because of yeah. this. Yeah. 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 And I think it comes down to uh, egos as well. Like the yeah. referee, that, like that Chris Cabinet. I'm not quite sure what match he was, but he got slaughtered for a uh, decision. Like he was a VAR uh, and, and he told the ref, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. And, Right, that's the he's the biggest pig. The fellow who sent off Ancelotti that time after he annoyed the game. He's an absolute oh stop. I'm gonna go off money, but it it comes down to egos. Um, yeah, and uh, I think there should be more um there should be more, you know, the referees taking um they should be able to take um the blame responsibility. for making responsibility, exactly. That's yeah. the word I was thinking. Yeah. And uh, they should you know, there should be more consequences with them making these mistakes. It doesn't mean anything now that, okay, maybe Van Dijk should have been sent off. We're not going to get anything for that. There'll be mm. nothing done because of that wrong decision. There should be more consequence on the referees for making these horrible decisions and some like sack them for a month and let them deal with it. And then that can be what's changed. And then hopefully it'll be fixed. But when there's nothing done to them, what's going to happen? Yeah. It's just going to be the same problems over and over again, you know? Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, Ro- that Rodri handball last year was the worst thing you've ever seen. And the week That's after, then, there's a penalty given. And Man City end up winning the league by a point because of that. So that was actually a good decision. But at the it end is... of the season, it was a great decision, but not, not at the time. Not at the time, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but as yeah. professionals, they got to be made accountable, you know. They're getting mm. paid, handsomely putting themselves out there, and then you can. You, you can you can just go hiding after making a decision that affects so much more. It's 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 really not acceptable, you know, and how clubs are letting them not have, not, I don't know, can you force them to say, you need to come out, you need to explain, have a pre- have, let the refs have a press conference afterwards and let mm. the journalists ask them, you know, the same, yeah. the same way as managers are scrutinised because it's, it's probably gone t- too far at this stage, you know. Yeah, but, I think, yeah, it just needs, it just needs to be like, a stopping point, and I think we're getting we're getting close to it now. Where uh, the referees have to meet with whether it's managers, committees, or or someone, and just say, "Listen, we're going to come out." Similar to what Gallard does on on a Monday, have someone from the VAR committee sit down and go through decisions and say, "Right, this is why we did this, and this is why we did that." Not just like an ex-referee's opinion, someone who's who's part of it now. The issue, just, Joe, is Mike Riley runs it. And he's the biggest I think he's cheater. Out there, and Mike yeah, Dane took over. He's retired. Oh, so Mike Dane's yeah, the head of VAR. Yeah, yeah. He's VAR yeah. for the game at Arsenal now on Saturday or Sunday. That's it. No, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. any contentious decision. But where yeah. is that going? It's, the, it's yeah, a sham yeah. it is. And there's no getting rid of these lads unless the Premier League really stamped down on it because it's damaging the Premier League, the brands, all of this mm. kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So... I yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a click there that needs to be like looked at big time. But okay, uh, happy enough for the point. 
but taking the point definitely beforehand. But I'm more happy with the display in that match uh, and, and the way we stood up to them. I know we kind of rolled our luck a bit to them. So did they. But uh, yeah, just just a good point. Uh, we're going to um, the Arsenal game now. Uh, this is going to be a different story, Michael, I think, because Arsenal are kind of a wounded animal after losing the United game. Um, and they've been playing a very great start to the season. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, again, I'll probably take a point. I know I've been saying this <laughs> probably every game this season, <laughs> but I think I'll take a point away at Arsenal, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think I'd take at least a point, to be honest. So I don't know about a loss if I'd be too happy with that, considering our display at Liverpool. I mm. want to see something similar like that, you know. Um, and just going back to the Arsenal game I was at last year, you know, Demario Gray screamer into the glass oh. end, like... Something like that, again, would be lovely to watch. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, they had a super set to the season. We're playing really well. And then the United game, hopefully, will have just brought down the mood. And maybe we can, you know, strike into that because we did so well at the at the weekend. So, yeah, hopefully a draw at least, I'd say. Yeah, I think uh, the difference that saw it this year, Chris, well, the, the bits I've seen of them is uh, Jesus. Similar to what... what like we're saying, we need like a no no striker, and that's the difference in the Arsenal team this year. Absolutely, he's he's fantastic. He is. Um, he always scores against us anyway, even in pre season. So we know what to expect there. But he's just so good. He just links everything up. He just drops in. The ball sticks to him. He's a great touch. Brings other player. Enables to like the Saka and Martinelli to run off from an older mm-hmm. guard to press on in. And he's really good in the box himself. He's made a massive difference to them. He's so mobile. He presses. He doesn't stop working hard. So, absolutely, he's the danger man. We'll have to try our best to get tight on him and keep him quiet. And and I suppose stop things at sore. So, the ball isn't getting to him. So, we're going to have to really... Look, we know how we're going to set up. And it's the right way. Like, Arsenal is not a happy hunting ground for us. They've normally given mm-hmm. us a good pasting down there, to be fair, at the best of times. So... It's going to be a really tough game. You would hope the fact they're away in Zurich on Thursday will take a little bit out of them. They've, you know, they've a good first eleven, probably two or three really good subs, and after that, I think their squad might be a little bit light. So, you know, hopefully Sunday teams can kind of after playing in Europe come out of the blocks a little bit slow. So hopefully that is the case, but we'll just set up the exact same way: put men behind the ball, keep really good shape. And they're there to be got a like Liverpool, they you know, they'll push up relatively high and pin us in. So there's definitely space to exploit in behind them there and behind their full backs as well. And um it's just a the matter of being clinical when we do get our chances. We're saying it for weeks now, but it has to it has to click, you know, eventually. We have to just get a game where we, we, we put our chances away. But we're we're a lot more equipped to compete. We won't go down there, like I said, with the derby before we go out we have players that relish it you know as we touched on already the back lads Tody Tarkovsky Patterson nothing's going to phase him Onana Ghana these lads you know what I mean they'll, they'll, they'll relish it and then hopefully our squad is looking a little bit better if Calvert-Leon is back in training today or tomorrow maybe he might get a spot on the bench could be a bit early but you know no harm easing him back in the core will probably be back on the bench look He's not fantastic, but he's not a bad option to bring on with his energy and his engine he has, especially if we're trying to defend deep the last couple of minutes, holding on to something, he can cover the ground and he can 
just don't ask him to pass the ball, but let him run all day. But mm. absolutely, we should be. We'll take a lot of confidence from the from the derby game. How we how we equipped ourselves and how we held ourselves, and definitely go down there with no fear and compete. We might, you know, we might end up being beat, but we can't let it be a case of the last game of the season where we go down and we lose five one because that I think that'll take the wind out of ourselves an awful lot yeah. if that is the case. Um, you, you know, you, you don't how they react to that. You know, your game it could. Again, knock the wind out with air sails and bring them back down to earth a little bit. And but yeah, look, absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. And stupidly, I'm going again to this game. So <laughs> back over, so into into Stansted Sunday morning. So should be great atmosphere in our end. You know, full house, three hills, and so out Sunday in London again. So let's just hope it's one of those days where it does click for us and we can we can get a result. Arsenal, I think they've won games you'd expect them to win. Palace, fair enough, they were impressive first game against Palace. They done well down there, but I mean to beat Fulham at home and you know they were Fulham put it up to them. They needed a last minute goal to beat Villa to one at the Emirates as well, so they were Villa put it up to them as well. Bournemouth away, they won comfortably, which you would have expected them to. And to be fair, they had a good win against Leicester, who were also probably the Everton of. This year, they're struggling big time. So, mm. then United, the first real tests, you would say, they, they were beaten. Even though I thought they played quite well at times, Arsenal. And they did still create a fair bit. But they're definitely vulnerable. They can definitely be got at. They can get goals against them. So, go down with no fear. You know, have the basics there. Apply ourselves well. Have a go at them. Stand up to them. Show a bit of snide. And show a bit of quality when we do have the ball and a bit of composure. We know they're going to have the ball for large periods of the game and it's always going to be a tough watch because as a fan, you're kind of, even if the players are relatively in control on the pitch with their shape and how we, how, you know, how we are in the game, you're always shitting yourself watching it. Just, oh, we can't sustain this. We can't sustain this. And, mm. Well, you know, let's hope we, we get down and we put on a good show. I'm, I'm fairly confident, not confident, but I'm hopeful we get a draw. I just don't think we have enough in us yet to, to go to a place like Arsenal and beat them. But, you know, who knows? You, you just don't know. Yeah, I think I think it's key. Like, we're confident, uh, not just as fans, but as a, as a club now, Rich. Like, we haven't played well. We haven't played bad this season. Like, in patches we have, but we, we've been kind of steady enough. Yeah, well, I mean, we haven't been overran completely in any game and even at that we've we, we defended solidly so we're staying in the games and that's what it's about you know away from home it's hang in there you know you'll get your opportunity and then just if, if you get it you, you need to be clinical if, if you if you want to come away with something uh, mm. maybe you, you get it early and you have something to, hope, to, to to hang on to but yeah I mean it's it's it'll be interesting to see how Arsenal reacts you know flying high and next thing the wind, ta- the wind is taken out of the sails on Sunday and in the end the, you know he went for it and he got caught and, you know, got beat 3-1. Could have, could have been a bit more probably, but um, I think it's kind of down to ourselves, our own attitude. I don't think that there's any such thing as a free hit in this league anymore. You know, you've got to go and you've got to say, right, what, what, what's, our, what's our potential here? What can, what can we get from it? And I think given how we've performed, you know, you look at Chelsea, Leeds, Liverpool, we, we've, we've hung in there in, in the games, you know, and I think that's what it's about. And if we're there, thereabouts, you know, you it's about getting that, but you need to keep Azus quiet, keep keep Odegaard quiet, and just try to nullify what they're what, what they're creating. Um, and hopefully we'll have learned. But I think that at the rate that we're grow, growing as well, that that it just gives us that chance as well, you know. But 
we know how poor we have been on the road. So whether that comes into it, whether you can say, right, again, it's a pretty new team. You know, do they have that mindset that we were horrific away from home last season? So you just want to try to get rid of these things, get a win on the on, on the road as early as possible and say, right, this, that's gone. That's another one off the, off the back to be worrying about and that you can, you can kick on. You know, I think it's more hope that, you, that, that you'll get a win, but you never know. I don't think there's a whole pile between a lot of the sides. Not that we're up mm. at that level by any means, but on, on any given day, I think you can, once you're competing, you're there, thereabouts. Yeah, like I said earlier, I think we're, we're creating enough chances. We just need to start by put, putting them away and and that could be the difference between a win and a, and a draw. Now, right, we can into predictions for this uh, match. Michaela, I'll start with you. Um, I think Liverpool will get a goal anyway, you know, or Liverpool, what am I saying? I think Arsenal will get a goal anyway, um, because, you know, as you were saying with uh, Jesus being a great attack mm. for them this season. So, but I don't think we'll get many, just as you were saying, we've had a lot of chances that we haven't been able to put away. We're kind of easing ourselves into it, but I do think we could get a win. So I'm going to be positive and say 2-1. 2-1 to Everton? Yeah. Okay. You won't last long on here with that positivity. Yeah, just <laughs> cheeky. I'm used to wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Chris. I go for a one all, Joe. Nathan one Patterson all. to score. Yeah, okay. Uh, Rich. Yeah, I'll join Chris there with one all. It's been. Had a yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go one all as well. Uh, I just, I know we talked about how Zeus. I think another players just. Hit the ground one of them this season. Odegaard, I think he could have done And even Martinelli is starting to click again. So, but I, I think we've enough at the back, to be honest. Uh, <clears throat> we're solid enough now, right across the back four or three, whatever he's going to play. Um, so, I think I think a draw, so one all a deal for me. So, three one odds on Michaela, absolutely off our cake. Gone for an ever. Positivity. <laughs> positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't go hand in hand with this podcast, but they'll go away to have to listen to us for a few weeks. Sorry. All right, lads, thanks very much. Talk to you uh, next week. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and then after the break, myself and Michaela will uh, look forward to the new WSL season, which starts this weekend. Talk to you in a minute, folks. This is Kevin Campbell, and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you blues. Welcome back, folks. Uh, good uh, insight into the derby there. Went on a bit long, but I think some people actually give out this. It's not long enough. Other people give out that it's too long. <laughs> so uh, it's happy meeting there somewhere. Right, uh, Michaela's uh, still with us. And we're going to look forward to uh, the new WSL season, which starts on Sunday, where we play Leicester at home with a one o'clock kickoff. Um, yeah. Michaela's mad. Like last season, we, like we spoke about, they, they signed nine or ten players. Uh, I think it was 11. <laughs> 11, 11 to talk. Yeah, doing not as far as, not as far as they. Yeah. Uh, they actually but, copied Everton women. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, the other way around now, I mean, the amount of players who've, and like good players who've gone out this season, it's kind of uh, not damaging. Well, they won't know until the season starts, but it's yeah. a bit disappointing. 
Yeah, I think so as well. And a lot of very experienced players leaving. Like one mm. of the first ones to leave was Dan Turner, who's been at the club for fifteen years. Like, um, she's gone and joined Villa. That was a very emotional goodbye. You know, mm. she'd been here so long. I think in her interview she was tearing up and everything. Like that was a real tough one, especially for one of the first players to go. You know, mm. that was a tough one. And then your friend left, Poppy Patterson. <laughs> yeah, Poppy, Mister Miss Instagram. Yeah, uh, she's gone and joined Brighton. Tick, TikTok, ground, whatever she's done, everything except the football pitch, but whatever. <laughs> Hope she's not listening, by the way. Actually, she won't be listening now because she's gone to Brighton. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, she's she, kind of a uh, disappointing player. Look, she, right, so she, she has the high profile and she's on this, she's on that. She's, well, she just didn't produce it as a, as a footballer, which is kind of not her main, what she's supposed to do. Yeah, like you would kind of see it as one of as a big loss but i don't know it it's how you look at it you know she wasn't doing everything we wanted her to do on the pitch mm. and then she wasn't playing all the minutes because of that as a result um so yeah it's not too big of a loss her going to brighton but i think any player leaving um is a bit disappointing but yeah that's just the case for her and then one of the bigger players leaving which i thought was um a bit disappointing to see was sandy mckeever the yeah. goalkeeper, she was super for us last season and the season before, um, and she's gone to join Man City, which you know makes sense because she's she was playing so well and she's mm. going to join you know that big team with a lot more high profile players. So fair play to her, but it, it's a big loss for us. But now we have uh, Courtney Brosnan. I was just going to say one. that would, that would give Courtney uh, like an avenue in. She, she's probably number one keeper now. Is she. Yeah, she will be. Now, we have brought in another uh, goalkeeper, which I'll talk about later on. Mm. But Courtney's been playing super now. Obviously, she's uh, the Irish number one. Um, but she's been doing super and hopefully she will for the rest of the season. So that'll give her that opportunity for starting and everything. Um, another player we've lost is Grace Clinton. She's a young talent. She was super last season as well. Um, she's completed a transfer to Man United, which again, another high profile team, which is great to see. Um, but it is quite upsetting that we're losing all these young, talented players, you know, who've mm. come through the ranks and have joined the, the senior team and are now gone. Um, Anna Ambegard, another super player for us, she's left and joined uh, Swedish club BK Hacken. Um, she got us a number of goals last year in early minutes of the game, which just lifted us up so much um, during the games. But unfortunate to see her go as well and hopefully mm. she'll have a good season there. Uh, Kenza Daly also left as super player for us as well and she's gone on a free transfer to Aston Villa as well. So I think that's all the players that's that's gone, unless I've missed any. I'm pretty sure that's all of them, but some like super players were after losing there. Yeah. And and like I said, like they were they've probably been starters, like like fourteen players. Well, three or four yeah. of them anyway. Yeah, most of them would have been. Especially the goalkeeper Sandy McCoy, but that's a big miss now. But hopefully Courtney Brosnan will um Keep us a few clean sheets there and do well for the season. Mm, yeah, and then obviously uh, players in. Uh, I'm not quite sure of how many this year. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near the 11, maybe. Uh, no, I think it's seven or eight that have come in. Okay. Um, so it's still a good number to bring in. And it's mm. with the amount of players leaving that there's not only a few new signings coming in, there's still a good few, but... Um, yeah, hopefully these players will do well now coming into the season and make up for the losses that we've had. Yeah, I'll go through a few of them then. Again, I, 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 I don't really watch... I watch the big games. 
But yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't keep an eye on, on, on players. I wouldn't even know half of them. Yeah. So uh, don't worry, I'll tell you. I'll tell you all about them. <laughs> that's that's so, what you're here for. That's your job. Yeah. <laughs> so the first player coming in, our first summer signing was Jess Park. She's a young attacking forward and she's very skillful. She joined on loan from Man City. Um, hopefully she'll be a super player for us. You know, we need them goals coming in to win the games. And obviously her being a great forward coming from Man City with all that, you know, experience playing with them players. Um, she'll come in and hopefully score a good few goals for us. She's mm. a good um ratio of appearances and goals scored. So hopefully she'll do well for us. Um, and then the next player in, Katja Snooies. I don't want to get that wrong, but I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, she joined on a two-year contract from Bordeaux. Um, and she's a Dutch striker. So with with Bordeaux, she had forty two appearances and scored nineteen goals, which I think is, is pretty good for her. Um, mm. coming in and hopefully get a few more goals for us as well. Mm. Then, um, this isn't exactly a summer signing, but just a player who signed a professional contract, Kenzie Weir. Um, aged eighteen, she signed her first professional contract with us, and she's the daughter of former Everton captain David Weir. Oh, very so, good. Yeah. And so, what? Yeah. What position is she playing? She'd be midfielder, striker, kind of okay. attacking player. Yeah. She's super. She she had played a bit for us, but um, she's mainly with the underage team. And she's just been unreal. So she's she'll be great to have in anyway. Mm. With, for the team, then as I mentioned earlier, we signed a new goalkeeper. Um, so that'd be Emily Ramsey. She's joined on loan from Man United. So hopefully she'll do well and contest for the spot with Courtney Brosnan, which will hopefully make Courtney's um goalkeeping a lot better as well having someone you know competing with her for the number one place and mm. um, so that's great and then you probably heard we signed uh, a set of twins <laughs> first signing of uh yeah two twins okay. came in i think one of them actually went off on loan but they both signed at the same time so sarah and karen hungard um the danish duo signed a two-year deal i think sarah's gone on loan Um sarah's a left back and karen's a cdm so they've joined, having previously worked with our new manager, Brian Sorensen, who was appointed in April um, earlier this year. So hopefully they'll come on and do well for us. Um, they've obviously experienced with the manager and he brought them over. So he obviously saw something good in them after mm. working with them at their previous previous club, uh, Fortune Yang. So hopefully they'll do well. And then another player that came from there was Claire Whelan. She's an Australian international. She's on loan from that Danish side, Fortune Yang, and she's a very energetic, skillful midfielder, which is something that we really want in the midfield to bring up the whole team and bring the energy into the game. Mm. Then we also signed um, Katrina Vi, a defender who's 31 years old, and she signed on a two-year deal. She's a lot of experience with different clubs. She played for Arsenal, you know, when mm. they won the WSL and everything, and She's a super trophy haul, so hopefully she'll bring um a lot of experience. She's Danish, and um yeah, hopefully she'll do well coming in. Then the last summer signing that we made would be Aggie Beaver Jones, and she signed on a season long loan from Chelsea. So hopefully she'll do well as well. So like we have gotten a lot of players in, more than we have that have gone out, um. And I think we've done fairly well with a lot of them signings are sound like super, have great potential. And hopefully they'll do well for us for the season. Yeah, I think we mentioned last season, like the, the transfer activity in the women's game, it's just nuts. I mean, there's just yeah, crazy. signing after signing after signing. And it's it, 
it's it's all the time. Yeah, and um, just you know, players going everywhere, different players coming in, going out, and all on like an undisclosed fee. You don't know how much they've gone for mm. and stuff. So yeah, I think it's just crazy how many players are gone and coming gone, and especially players with experience going from different teams. You know, Dan Turner leaving after fifteen years to go to Aston Villa. It's just crazy the way that things yeah. like that happen in the yeah. WSL. But yeah. Yeah, just on the manager, Sorensen, you mentioned there, obviously he's, you said he's Danish, is he? Yeah. And what kind of, uh, <coughs> excuse me, what kind of experience would he have? Um, Yeah, a good bit of experience. He obviously had, um, managed that side for Yang and he's brought, you know, the three or four players from that team. So he's mm. obviously, you know, wanting to add to the team very well and add players that he thinks will fit the team well and will play well. I've only heard positive things from him. Um, from the players through interviews and things saying that he's a really positive manager um, he knows exactly what he's doing and he's a really good fit for Everton which is good to hear so hopefully he'll produce a lot of wins this season and do well as manager for us Yeah, yeah. hopefully he, doesn't, he has a better start than last year I think the manager was gone after four or five games last year wasn't he? Yeah Willie Cork. that was real tough enough yeah, yeah, yeah that was we had tough, two yeah. different managers last season and now we're after getting a third for this season so it's yeah. been tough, but hopefully he'll be the man for the job. Anyway. Yeah, a little bit of stability would, would help him as well. Uh, yeah. No, we said the season starts Sunday. Uh, how did it get on the pre-season? Pre-season was okay, yeah. Our first game we won 2-1 versus that BK hack inside. Um, Megan Finnegan and Hannah Benison with the two goals. And uh, Hannah Benison's, if anyone gets a chance to see it, the goal that she scored was stunning. Uh, top corner brilliant strike from her and she earned herself the new uh, number 10 for this year oh, so she'll be our number 10 Anthony Gordon yeah there's a lot of talk about her when we signed her last year I remember you saying yeah. that it's like, it's a, it's like she's a superstar in the making yeah she is she's unreal it's great to have her at Everton and clearly she's she's only here a year and she's already gotten her number 10 jersey like she's shown how, how good of a player she is how great she is at attacking and when I seen her play, she was unreal like throughout the whole season. So hopefully we'll get a few more goals from her and she'll do super in the season. Mm. Um, after that, we played Aston Villa and we drew one all. Uh, Lisa Graham got a late winner that was very much deserved as, you know, we could have won the game, but mm. at least we got a draw out of that. And then unfortunately, the last game we lost 1-0 to Man United. That was the final game of the preseason. So okay. we didn't do too bad. How, how, how did they play like as a, as a unit? They played well, yeah, because obviously the new players coming in and a lot mm. of them played in the United game because they were only signed at that time. But they played really well and I am excited to see them playing together um, throughout the season. So hopefully it'll be good. Yeah, OK. And uh, just before we get into uh, the Leicester game itself, uh, awards from last season, I see it sent a note. Yeah, so like I was saying about Hannah Benison getting the number 10 jersey, she got young player of the season last year, so fair play to her. And then Gabby George got women's player of the season. She's sticking around. Thankful she's not leaving, like a few of the other, you know, uh, very experienced defenders and stuff, but she's sticking mm. around, which is great to see. Yeah, she was part of the, I know we just touched on it a bit, she was part of the uh, England women's squad this year, was she? Uh, no. She wasn't? Okay. No, no, no. Uh, that's just shows you what I know about the women's football. But just <laughs> on that, uh, the international, the Ireland uh, qualifying now for the for the playoffs it was a great achievement. Yeah, so they're in the playoffs. I think there's a game tonight as well, mm. and uh, 
yeah, hopefully they'll make they'll make the World Cup. But just super seeing the women's game developing so much, like even during the summer, the England women winning the Euros, yeah. like it was just great to see and love the support that they're getting and how how much it's going to impact the WSL and different things like that. You know, hopefully yeah, we'll bring them in the last few years. The, like the women's game, like like you said, it's just it's just taken off and off and off, and especially with with TV getting involved now, it's showing a lot of games. Yeah, it's just getting bigger and bigger by the minute, and hopefully it'll continue getting bigger. Um, especially with that, you know, England winning the Euros, it was huge for the game. Yeah, and uh, yeah, can't wait to see more people getting behind the women's game. And there was an open session there recently um, for the women at Goodison Park, okay. where they had an open training session. There was fans, and you'd want to see the videos, like people queuing up to get autographs and pictures, and Brilliant. a load of people. It was just super to see, like. Really yeah, exciting. I, like I think I said, uh, no, it's, it's obviously England, but uh, England women winning the uh, Euros during the, during the summer, it just catapults the game now into a different level altogether, especially over there. Yeah, absolutely. And some people were saying like about how, you know, Germany didn't win it and how that might affect them. But they already have a great like level of women playing in sport. And so England mm. are kind of behind on that more so. Like Germany have a great team of young uh, players and stuff and in their country they have a great system for developing like female players but it's just slightly behind on the England side of things so hopefully that will kind of boost them up to the same level as Germany and get them kind of more young girls being able to play football and the de- development coming through and different things like that it should be should be good for the game. Yeah I think that's that's the key just getting getting kids involved and, and, and not just involved but having an avenue where they know they can reach like a top top level. Yeah, and having idols in the game and people they can look up to, like mm. Lucy Bronze is super in there and different players. I don't want to get too much into it because it's not as linked with everything, but just even yeah. the women's game in general, it's super. Yeah, yeah, I think and long may continue. Okay, then, uh, for, yeah. like I said, first game now on uh, Sunday, home to Leicester. Uh, what what kind of, what, what, what are Leicester like? Um, it's kind of tough to see based on because they've obviously had new signings and stuff as well. Um, so it'll be a nice game to kind of feel into the WSL, get a feel of the season and different teams and how we'll play with our new signings and different things. Um, but, you know, Leicester should be a game we could win, you know. They're mm. that kind of team where you'd hopefully get a win out of them, maybe a draw, but you'd hope for a win, you know. So hopefully that'll be a great start to the season, but we'll have to see. Yeah, and the the home games are at Walton Hall Park again this year, Yeah. Walton yeah, I know you've been there a couple of times. It's a lovely little stadium, isn't it? Yeah, it's really nice. It's actually lovely and there's great atmosphere there as well. Super. Yeah, okay. And thoughts then, just before we finish, thoughts going into the season, like overall? Happy enough with the business done? Yeah, I think so. We've got a good few players coming in. Um and hopefully they'll do well for us. Hopefully we'll finish better than we did last season. It's just all about progressing and getting better as a team and as a club and everything and just doing better. So my aim for the season would kind of be finish higher than we did last season, you know. Yeah. And hopefully that'll that'll be good for us and we'll play well, play good football, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think stability is, is the main key, now, isn't it? Yeah, that's definitely needed. As you were saying with the manager and everything, hopefully he will sort that out and not be leaving us in a few weeks time but we'll have to see how he gets on and uh, you know Hannah Benison coming in she's doing really well so hopefully she'll score a few goals for us and hopefully we'll get off to a flying start and then go from there 
Yeah, exactly. And then we have the added incentive of uh, the Reds being back in the league as well. So, oh, uh, yeah. Merseyside yeah. Derby back yeah, again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or cursing and screaming and shouting. And... <laughs> 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 okay, yeah. get it. Listen, thanks very much. I'll have to chat to you next week. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Talk Take to Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website www.irish-toffees.com. Up the toffees.